welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Well, this, this weekend when we celebrate Palm Sunday and uh, we remember the triumphal entry of Jesus going into Jerusalem, uh, it just leads up to next week where it's Easter, where we remember the death and resurrection of our Savior. And I just want to encourage everybody uh, in our church to take this as a challenge this week, to take that Easter card that was there on every other seat. Be sure to get one, as at least one per family, and take it. It says, detach here. It's all made for you to invite somebody. I just want to encourage you to invite somebody to church and uh, see if they would join us. And if you are like, I don't know if I have the courage to invite somebody, I want to encourage you to leave this somewhere, all right? Leave it. I, I hope I see these all over Caribou's and Starbucks and all over. But I, I would just encourage us to do this. This is the biggest weekend of the year. We're making room for everybody, and we're thrilled uh, that we get to celebrate this. And uh, this is what it's all about, and people finding Jesus. And it's a day where hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people will say yes to Jesus on the weekend. So please, take advantage of that and invite them. So this weekend, I was praying about what to preach, and um, when I looked at the calendar, I realized that this weekend contained April Fool's. April Fool's. I thought, that's it. I am preaching on April Fool's. I want to do something about being a fool. And, and then I... I woke up on Saturday to the biggest April Fools for Minnesotans. 87 inches of snow, trees crashing down. I was like, you can't make this up. Like, I'm like, okay, it's oh, please let the winter be over. Um, and, and then I realized like, okay, well, maybe there's people that are watching. They're not in Minnesota and part of our church. Uh, I thought it's crazy to think that there's no April Fools joke that you could do that would be crazier than what culture is doing right now. I'm like, you could say this, and they're like, no, that's not even crazy as real life. How many know what I'm talking about? There's this group, uh, Babylon B, and they make satire, and, and they're kind of like, it's hard to make fun of things because we are so crazy as a culture. But it's uh, April Fool's weekend, and so I want to talk about being a fool for Christ. I want to talk about let's be a fool for Christ and embrace being a fool for Christ. We're going to look at the Apostle Paul, and um, he writes uh, a lot about this in First and Second Corinthians, and, uh, but he also was called a fool. And when he was sharing about the resurrection of Jesus, he was sharing about this with Felix, and he's sharing about that God raised Jesus from the dead, and it's all true. In Acts 26, verse 24, it says, at this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. You are out of your mind, Paul, he shouted, your great learning is driving you insane. He's like, here's Paul. He's preaching about like, this is true. This is true. And Fess is like, stop, time out, time out. You're, you're crazy. You are crazy to say that God raised Jesus from the dead. And he was called a fool for Christ, Paul was. And uh, I'm saying, I want to be called a fool for Christ. I want to be called a fool that says, I really believe this. I really stand on this. It's something that has changed my life. And you could call me a fool all you want, but I embrace being a fool for Christ. When I was a kid, now this is going to date me, um, there were, was a group that, and many of you will not even have a clue about this, and if you look it up, you'll see how cheesy it was. There's a group called Lamb, Lamb, and they had a song, 
I'll be a fool for Christ. And I, I got to let you know, like, uh, my mom was like, there'll be no rock music in our house. And so I was looking for any band that was Christian, like, that I, you know, and if I'll really date myself, uh, Res Band. Anybody ever heard that list? Okay, a guy with a black T-shirt just went, yeah. All right, Res Band, all right. Striper, anybody? Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Mom threw them out, and I was like, bring them back in. They're Christian. All right, all right. But there's a group called Lamb, and they said, I'll be a fool for you. They had a song, I'll be a fool for you. Like, people say I'm crazy, but I'll be a fool for you. And I grew up with that, and I've just had that thought in my mind. I want to be a fool for Christ. I want to stand out. I want to say I really, really believe it. So Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians and in 2 Corinthians, but I'll read some of the passages. And uh, this is what it says in 1 Corinthians 1, uh, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Amen. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through, uh, through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. To the Greek, they were like, this is foolish. This is foolish. There's no way that God would come down and dwell among us and actually be with us. It's just foolish. And, and if you look at the church launching early on, it's like, you think like it doesn't have a, a chance. Like people are rejecting this. They're like, this is foolish. This is crazy. And yet the power of God, which Paul writes about, the power of God made the preaching of the gospel land on people's hearts. And I've just realized this over the years that there's not a sermon that I could make that is strong enough, good enough, uh, uh, good enough apologetics, you know. It's the power of God. It's the Holy Spirit calling people in. And there's something about this. And some people lean into this and other people push away from it. Paul said more. He's just talking about the foolishness. And in 1 Corinthians 3.18, he says, do not deceive yourself. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. Interesting. He said, become fools to become wise. And then one more thing. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13, he says, we are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honored. We are dishonored. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags. We are brutally treated. We are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. We are cursed. We bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. We become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world right up to this moment. I mean, I'm looking at this like he's like, I, I'm a fool for Christ. I'm a fool for him. I'm standing up. I, the world thinks I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy. I know the truth. I know what's happening. I grew up reading in Corinthians and I'd see what Paul was writing to the church at Corinth. And I thought, I wonder what it's like to be seen as a fool for Christ. Like, because the, the era that I grew up in was like, you weren't really seen as a fool for Christ. If you know the story even that I wore that little button when, my, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, my mom bought me a button and it said, I'm a Jesus people. And I had a guy like doing like that. And it said, I'm a Jesus people. And my mom made me wear it to school. She's like, don't be ashamed of Christ. And you know, so I wore it to school. And 
You know, nobody laughed. I mean, the teacher kind of went, oh, but that was it, you know, my persecution. Oh, yeah. Okay, but they're like, okay, wear the button. Okay, clap, he's wearing a button, you know. And if you know the story, if you don't know, I mean, halfway through the day, the one kid comes up to me and he goes, you know, I'm a Christian too. And I go, you want to wear the button? He's like, no way. And I said, hey, I said, hey, if you're ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of you. You better wear the button. And he wore it the second half of the day, you know, all right, so. But nobody mocked me for being a Christian. Nobody mocked me. I mean, like when I would say I was going to church, nobody mocked me. Nobody. But I look at it today and I'm saying, I think it's time to embrace being a fool and we need to be ready for some of the things Paul talks about, that, that it's repulsive to people. It's being attacked by people. It's no longer like, oh, it's, it's, it's full-on assault against a belief in Jesus Christ. Now, in the Bible, being a fool is usually very negative. So before we look at the positive part that Paul talks about, it's, it's usually negative. Like you say, I want to be a fool. I want to be a fool like you. Most people like say, no, I don't. I'll read a couple of familiar verses. Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Like, I don't want to be a fool. Proverbs 12.15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So like, again, I don't want to be arrogant and think that I've got it all figured out. I want to listen to advice. Here's one that uh, is very popular, Proverbs 17.28. Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Like, if you don't even know what to say, you can just sat, sit there in a meeting and be like, mm, mm. how many know if you do that? They're like, smart guy right there, you know? And uh, it's either Mark Twain or Abraham Lincoln. I don't know who gets credit. It's debated who said this, but they said, it's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt, all right? You know? <laughs> So it's kind of an add-on to Proverbs 17. So it's like, I don't want to be a fool. And then, of course, here's a, here's a really big one. We're a fool in a negative way. Psalm 14.1, fools say to themselves, there is no God. They are corrupt and commit evil deeds. Not one of them practice what is good. It's like fools say in their heart or inside them, like, there is no God. And it's, it's a foolish thing to say, there is no God. But yet people do it. They say, there is no God. There is no God. And, and they have this arrogant uh, intellectual superiority to their saying it, like there is no God. And you might see people on YouTube and all over the world and criticizing people that would have such a simple faith in God. I'll never forget that years ago, um, Jesse Ventura was talking about um, uh, religion. And, you know, for those of you that don't know Jesse was our governor, and yes, I mean, I travel around, people are like, did you really elect a wrestler? Yes, we did, you know. I long for those days. No, anyway, all right, all right, yeah, all right. But, you know, and I, I ran into him on the streets of New York. I was walking down streets of New York, and here comes Jesse Ventura. And I stopped and said, hey, Jesse. I said, you're our governor. I said, hey, I just want to say something. Like, I, 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 as, a, as a person that follows Jesus Christ, it's not a bit of crutch for me. He's been my everything. And I got to tell you, I know you think that people believe in Jesus are crazy, but I'm telling you what, this has changed my life. I have hope. I have joy. And this is in New York, standing there, and he's like, well, it seems to work for you. And I said, I invite you to come to River Valley Church. And he goes, what kind of choir do you have? We didn't have a choir. And I was like, uh, we, we don't have a choir, but it's better than a choir. You know? He goes, I only go to churches with choirs. And then off he went, all right? But I was like, I, I, I was telling him, like, I'm not a fool for believing this. I really believe this. And there are people that say, you're, uh, there is no God, and religion is a crutch. 
and they get so bold about it. And there needs to be something in us that says, I'm gonna embrace being a fool for God. I'm gonna embrace standing up for him. I'm gonna embrace and say, I really believe this. Now, throughout history, following God, even before Christ, it was seen by people as a foolish thing. The way I look at it in the Bible when I'm trying to find like who was the first person that was thought foolish, how many of you know Noah would have to be seen as like the first foolish person, like I'm gonna build this ark and uh, do this for God and there's coming a flood. And how many know like he couldn't just like, God, I just wanna serve you in my cubicle and uh, not let anybody know. God's like, build a giant boat, massive. It, it was estimated that it took 55 to 75 years. Like, I don't know, you're not hiding that project. It's not like, come on, let's build it quick so they can't see, you know? It's like, and, and all day, enduring it, all day. But he's, he's being obedient. And when the rains come down and when the flood hits, I don't think he was gloating, but I think he did say like, I'm not the fool. I wasn't foolish, I obeyed God. But I don't think he was gloating on it, but maybe he was the first one. Abraham, if you look in the Bible, he's like got a business and he's with his father, and God's like, leave it. Leave your family, leave your business, go to a place that I'm gonna show you. I've called you uh, through you. I'm gonna bless the world. I mean, it would be seen as foolish to leave something so certain and to follow and do that, and he goes and does it. Isaiah, now this is weird, and I mean, again, following God and weird, and if, if, if the, I'm so glad that God doesn't ask anybody to do this, but Isaiah, in following God, uh, God's like, I want you to be a prophetic sign to the Egyptians and the Ethiopians. And Isaiah, I'm calling you for three years. You're gonna walk around naked as a prophetic sign. And it's in there, Isaiah chapter 20. You can find it, okay? How many thank God we just have to preach the gospel? How many know? Like, praise God, I just, you know. And he, and he wants you fully clothed, all right? He was, uh, even the man that was the demoniac, when he's like, I wanna go preach. And, Jesus like, does somebody have some clothes? Get this guy some clothes, and then we'll send him out, all right? But it was weird. The disciples, they left their businesses to follow Jesus. That would be seen as foolish. The disciples, when the church is formed right out of the, right out of the gate, the power of the Holy Spirit that we know on the day of Pentecost is poured out, and immediately people are, look at these guys. Look at these AM drunks. They're here, they're all babbling around. They're drunk at, at early in the morning. What kind of people are they? And Peter says in Acts 2, verse 13, uh, or it talks about them making fun of them. It says, however, some made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. And then Peter gets up and says, no, we're not drunk as you suppose, but we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on and preaches with the power of God. You see this, there's a, a, a foolish theme that's going on. They were persecuted as fools. In Acts chapter five, they're persecuted as fools. And, and uh, when they were persecuted in verse 41, it says, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they'd been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Isn't that interesting? They're like, praise God, we got thrown in jail. Praise God, they think we're crazy. Praise God, they beat us. We, we suffered disgrace for God. We're on mission for him. A lot of people would pack it in. Like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm out. But the Bible is clear that it's the smart thing to become a fool for Christ. It's the right thing to say, God, I'm gonna live differently. I'm gonna live for your glory and for your honor. 
I'm living as a fool for you. The world thinks I'm crazy, but they don't know you like I know you. I'm not crazy. Jesus was speaking, and he said this about people that build their lives on things that are not certain and things that are certain. In Matthew 7, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears the words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Jesus is saying, the smart people are the ones that become fools for me. The people that are not wise are the ones that reject what I'm doing. These people, it's all crashing down. These people have a firm foundation, and I have a firm foundation in what I believe in Jesus Christ. Mark Taylor, the pastor, says this. He says, the way to become truly wise is to become a fool, which is to embrace the cross not only as the object of faith, okay, listen to this, but as a value system, a way of thinking and behaving. I'm embracing the cross as the only way that I can get to God, the only way that I can be forgiven. You might say that's foolish. I say that's wise. I understand the price that he paid for me. I believe that he died, that he rose again from the dead. But I'm not just believing that. It's, it's changing everything. I'm building my life on the wise words of Jesus, on the teachings of Jesus. I'm living differently. The world says I'm foolish, but I say, no, I'm gonna behave different. I'm gonna live different. My values are different. I, I'm, I'm different. I'm a fool for Christ, and I'm gonna stand out in this world. And I wanna look at some of the things that the world says and what fools for Christ would say in return. The world says it's foolish to believe in God and fools for Christ say we're gonna believe in him and be saved and it's the wise thing. The world says it's foolish to deny yourself and the fool for Christ says, I'm gonna gladly live as a living sacrifice. I'm gonna deny myself. I'm gonna take up the cross. I mean, it seems like this world is like, don't deny yourself anything. Whatever you want to do, go and do it. The world says living by faith is foolish, but the fool for Christ says, I'm going to live by faith and not by sight. Sometimes even in my own life, when I've said I'm stepping out of faith to do that, I've had people like try to talk me out of it. You may not realize this, but even when I went to start River Valley Church, I was saying, I'm going to step out of faith. I'm going to do, I want to do this. I had a, a pastor come up to me. He said, listen, you don't want to do it. Think about that. I'm ready to start. He goes, you don't want to do it. It's way harder than you think. Don't do it. You should come and be my youth pastor. It's way harder than you think. You're, it's, it's never going to, it's going to be so hard. Don't, I'm like, I'm stepping out of faith. I'm believing God. I'm going to, he's like, don't do it. Think about that. It wasn't even the world. It was a pastor telling me, don't do it. Don't do it. The world says generosity is foolish. And fools for Christ say, I'm going to give joyfully. I'm going to give generously. I'm going to go for it. Like the world wonders why we do what we do because they think it's foolish. I don't know about you, but I've had many people over my life that have mocked me for giving to the Lord, that have mocked me for wanting to, to do so much for him and to part with finances. They're like, no, don't do that. The world says believing the Bible is foolish. The fool for Christ says, the B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. Like, I believe it. I believe it's inspired. I believe it's God speaking to me, and it's God's word, and I'm going to base my life on this thing. The world says having eternal hope is foolish, but the fool for Christ says the only hope 
that's worth having is eternal hope in Jesus Christ. The world says forsaking the world is foolish. The fool for Christ says, I, I, I'm gonna forsake the world and there's nothing the world could give that's equal to my soul. I'm gonna not trade it for that. There's nothing that's there. I mean, it just goes on and on. The world says forgiveness is foolish. And, and the fool for Christ says, no, I'm gonna forgive my enemies. I'm gonna do that. I know you may not know the whole story on this, but um, when I had Pastor Joe Anderson preach here uh, a couple months ago, and he shared that incredible story, incredible story uh, about just God bringing him through all the tragedies and all the things and, and that were going on, there, there was more to the story behind the story. Um, for years, Joe and I were at odds with each other. He used to be on staff, and then we were at odds with each other. It was literally like we were enemies, and we were. I mean, it was, it was hostile. It was not good, okay? And then God, through his grace, caused us to forgive one another and to reconcile with one another, and it was just so beautiful to have him back in our life, and he and his wife and his family, and for our family to be with their family, and God reconciled, and, and that forgiveness that was there, and and some people are like, oh, all right, you could forgive them. But then when I said, go ahead and preach here, I actually had people on our team and I wouldn't embarrass them, but they're like, seriously, Pastor Rob? Seriously? I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. Like, like are, are you sure you, I said, listen, I, I've given him forgiveness. He's forgiven me. I've forgiven him. We're reconciled. I believe God has a message that he wants to use through Joe and do that. And I want to let him have this this platform to go out and preach that message that is there. And the world will say, no, 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 no. It, it, it's, it's good enough that you just forgive. Don't, don't let them speak. But I'm telling you, God's like saying, I want you to forgive. I want you to forgive. I want you to live it out. I want you to truly do this. The world says, no, that's just crazy. You don't do that. And God says, that's the way you live with real joy. That's the way you live without having a bitter spirit destroy you. You live that way. Again, the world says that morality is foolish and fools for Christ know that living a moral life brings joy, that it actually is good to pursue the holiness and to not fall into those things of the world and to chase after the immorality of this world. And we could go on and on and on. The world says, going the second mile. Going the first mile, assuming God's like, go the second mile. Uh, the world would say, don't turn the other cheek. And God's like, turn the other cheek. Do you understand? I'm going to be a fool for God. And I'm going to say, the world can call me a fool all they want, but I know the truth. I know how Christ has changed me. I know the, the joy that I have. I know the peace that I have. I wish that I could sometimes like, like, like take part of the peace in me and like put it on. How many know what I'm talking about? There, there was a movie um, years ago, Preacher's Wife, I think, with Denzel Washington. He was an angel. And every time he touched people, they'd be like, ooh, like, like a little bit of heaven touched them. You know, like, they'd be like, ooh, you're like, and they'd be like, wow. Like it, it, they, it was, and I, I was like, I wish that I could do that. Like here, just like feel this peace. I just want to give you a little bit of like, put it on you right there. Like, can you feel that? Like, I'm telling you, there's a joy, there's a peace we know it, we feel it, we have it. And I'll, I'll be called a fool all day long, but how many know there's other names that the world wants to call us now? They wanna call us names like bigot, hater, idiot, moron, because they see the cross of Christ 
as foolishness. They see the way we're living as foolishness. And on this April Fool's weekend, I'm saying, I want to be a fool for Christ, and I want to endure this. And, and when people call us those things, how many know your flesh just bows up? Like, I, I, so many times, like, people will call you things, and I get upset, and, and I'm an emotional person, and I, I just, I, I, so much within me, it's like, I, and, I, and God's like, don't, don't, don't do that. Like, Jesus was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Jesus, when he was uh, talking before the rulers, like, listen, I could call down a, a legion of angels, like right now, they could come down, they could rescue me. There's a bigger plan at work here. There's a bigger plan at work. And when people call you a fool, when they call you these things, when they mock you, some of your own family, I can't imagine that. I've never experienced that. But some of you experience that your own family mocks you. And I'm saying, embrace it, embrace it. Don't retaliate in anger like that. Now, somebody's like, well, what if I blew it? Well, ask for forgiveness. And I'll never forget one of my favorite professors, Charles Greenaway, after he got saved, he was a tough you know, Irish Pittsburgh guy. And he said he got saved and then he went to school that week and somebody made him angry and was teasing him about being a Christian. And he said he hauled off and just punched him. And he's telling us the story. And, and then everybody in the school is like, I thought you said you were a Christian and you punched that guy. And he goes, I must be, because for the first time I feel guilty for punching somebody, you know. <laughs> Okay? So, but we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. All right? So when, they, when, they, when people do that, they're going to object. They're going to get angry. And, and you have to know, like, sometimes people are going to call you a fool, but they're calling you a fool, and they're trying to figure out what's going on in your life. And there's other times they're calling you a fool, and they just want to antagonize you. And sometimes you just have to say, like the proverb says, don't answer a fool in his folly. And you're like, not going to talk, not going to talk. But as you're mocked for being a fool, let me give you a couple of quick things here. First of all, don't back down on your beliefs. Don't back down on your beliefs. That doesn't mean you're going to fight. That means you're going to hold your beliefs. People are just trying to get you to, so you're an idiot. You really believe. You really believe there's a God that created this earth. You really believe. And I'm like, I really believe it. I really do. There's nothing you could say or do not changing my mind. You really believe Jesus Christ is, is that you're forgiven of your sins because Jesus Christ died on the cross. You really, I really believe that, not backing down. You really believe this. I'm like, not backing down. There's nothing you can say that can make me back down. So when they're calling you a fool, that doesn't mean you're fighting, but you're not backing down. I think it's terrible when they call you a fool and, and start mocking your beliefs, and then you're like, well... I mean, I'm pretty sure I believe that. My, my mom and dad believe it. I'm not sure I believe it, you know, but don't do that. Hold on to your beliefs. Don't back down. Second thing, when people are mocking you for being a fool for Christ, because that's the world we're living in, you're a fool, you're crazy, you're, you're insane to believe that, you're wrong to believe that, we need to start praying for them and engaging the supernatural because it's really that they don't, like what Jesus stands for. Like if you were a great neighbor and mowed their lawn and were nice and kind and, and moral in your marriage and you had everything going on like that you would for Jesus, minus Jesus, your neighbors probably be like, good for you, good for you, well done. 
good for you. But the moment you say, hey, I believe in Jesus Christ and he's the reason that I do that, then they, they uh, attack. There's a spiritual, there's a supernatural thing going on. And so many times we're like, I'm gonna blog about this. I'm gonna tweet about this. I'm gonna post about this. I'm gonna show them. And it's like, engage the supernatural. Pray for the situation. Pray for that. There's something going on behind the scenes there. So engage the supernatural. And then um, continue to do good at a higher level would be the third thing I would say, a blessing level. Even when people call us fools, um, we wanna be good. Now, I gotta tell you, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard to live this out. Like, I'm gonna do good to the people that are being mean to me. I'm gonna do good to the people that are mocking me. I'm gonna do good to the people. And I'll never forget when I was listening to Joyce Meyer and she talked about being sexually abused by her father for years and years and years and years and years when she was a child. And then later on in life, God was saying to her, be kind to your father. She's like, seriously, seriously? And she's being kind to him and being kind and loving and being kind. And God says, buy your dad a house. And she's like, no way. Are you kidding me, God? She does it. He doesn't do anything, doesn't do anything. And then one day he comes to the house and breaks down and says, you've been so kind to me. I was so evil. I was so wrong. Talk to me about the God that you serve that would cause you to love me this way. And I was just blown away. I was like, God, if she can do that, wow. I, I, I've got to love in a way that is way beyond to love my enemies, to, to bless those that curse me, to those that call me fool, because everything in me just wants to bow up. But God's like, that's not the right way. First Peter 3, 9 says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. And he continues in verse 13. Who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? And I'd stop for a moment and say, well, today there are people that want to harm you for doing good. But Peter continues, even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. I want us to be fools for Christ this weekend and moving forward. It's a great reminder this April Fool's weekend, you know, on the April Fool's Day. We are not woe is me fools. We're not that. We're saying, God, Thank you for counting me worthy to be a fool. Thank you for uh, the hope that you give me. Thank you for the joy that you give me. Thank you, Lord. And if, if people want to say this about me, I want to be worthy. I want to live different. I want to confound them. I want to bless them. I want to answer them. I want to be gentle. I want to be strong. But I want to stand up true for you. I'll be a fool for you. I'll be a fool for you. I'll live it out here I'll receive the reward there, but I will be a fool for you, and I'm holding on to what I believe. So God, I pray right now that you'd help us to do that, to, in the sight of the world, they think we're fools, but in your eyes, we are wise. And so God, I pray that we'd live that way with that, ready for the answer, those that really wanna hear it, we're gonna talk to them, but those that are just being uh, antagonistic, we'll walk away. 
God, I pray that we'll not back down from our beliefs. And I especially pray for our teenagers and college students right now that they would not back down for their beliefs. There's such a challenge there. As a, as a grandfather here, I, I know what I believe, but I'm thinking about the children and the grandchildren. May they have that resolve that it's, it's right to be called the fool for you. It's right to stand up for you, no matter what the world says. It's right to stand up for you. And when we embrace this, again, not as woe as me, but as we know the truth, we know what you've given to us, we know how you've changed our life, we know. So God, thank you for our children and our grandchildren. God, bless them, let them be strong. Teenagers, college students, strong in Jesus' name. I pray for the person going into the marketplace, being mocked for standing up for their faith. Let them be strong. I pray for the military, those that are in the military that are trying to serve and people are mocking them. May they be strong for you in Jesus' name. May they be strong. May they wear it as a badge of honor that people think they're foolish because we really know the truth. And may that someday open up an opportunity for the truth of the gospel to go to those people that we love so dearly. We pray this in your name we pray, amen. Amen.